Uh, welcome to the Ag Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Three Squirrels in Trenchcoat, trying to get into an R-rated movie, Jay. And joined, as always, is my co-host, the chipmunk who stole my nuts many years ago, Z. That's right. I'm Zach, and you're Jack, for the inaugural episode of the, the Ag Attack, which is a bit of a clever pun on our name. Not really. Uh, it's no, just, it's not, so <laughs> not, not so clever. Hardly a pun, isn't it? Uh, I would say so. Hard, just barely qualifies as a pun. I don't even know if it qualifies at all as a pun. Yeah. Something. It's certainly something, mm-hmm. if nothing else. So here in this beautiful June of 2021, got all manner of media to discuss, don't we? That we've consumed. We've mm-hmm. consumed so much media. Mostly we're going to start and we're going to talk about uh, the episodes of Loki we just finished watching. That's right. Episode 2, The Variant. Episode 1, if we really so want to. Th- yeah, so we watched episodes 1 and 2, Disney Plus Loki series. I'll say just to start, though, um, I didn't watch a lot of the trailers and whatnot going into Loki because more and more I find myself not engaging with trailers, not consuming trailers as much just because... A lot of this stuff I'm going to do anyway. Yeah, I'm already convinced yeah. to watch. I'm, 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 I'm all bored to consume, so yeah. I don't really need... Because at this point, the trailers almost do nothing but start to give away some of the stuff. So I guess I didn't realize how... I suppose I knew it was going to be oriented around the Time Variance Authority here, but I didn't know quite how heavy that was going to be. And they, they're really leaning well into the time travel stuff. Huh? Yeah, I don't... I guess it's not really time travel in the traditional sense. No, it's kind of weird. It's more of it? like... It's kind of like dimension hopping. Because yeah, they kind of sense. exist outside of time. Yeah. Cause See, in this... This isn't traditionally Loki's domain, necessarily. No, he's more magic. Like, the Time Variance Authority is, as I understand it, in the comics, most traditionally associated with the, Fat- the Fantastic Four, from what I understand. Oh, really? I don't know a lot about yeah, that. Yeah, I think the first appearance of the Time Variance Authority is in a Fantastic Four run. Um, so this isn't really Loki's kind of thing. Obviously, he's obviously more of like a magic-y fantasy character than he is a... A, a science fiction Yeah, a science fiction yeah. kind of slant. But a Tales to Astonish, if you will. Yeah, perhaps. But so he's really getting into it. Which, but if anything, that's kind of a, a fun contrast. And he said he's more magic based and he doesn't really understand. Like, well, I guess as we said, the Asgardians are not really magic as yeah, much as they are so, just really advanced scientists. Yeah, in the. As they've talked about in the MCU many times. Yeah, in the MCU in particular, which I would see this is going off of, they aren't as heavy into the magic and whatnot. So I guess that sort of makes sense. Although he still obviously has magic. But yeah, the whole. It's it's a lot more science fiction than I was, I was necessarily prepared for. That's a bad thing. But it's. It's a pretty hot concept. Yeah, it gets kind of trippy. They've addressed it a couple times, but Loki doesn't really understand how it works, because he refers to them when they go to Pompeii in the second episode. Uh, also, I guess I should mention spoilers oh, for yeah. literally Absolutely everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's true. If anyone's listening at this point, it's episode <laughs> one. I know we've got tens of thousands of listeners right now. Uh, to you, our good friend uh, Colin, <laughs> listening to this, you know who you are. I'll leave this in, because it'll be fun mm-hmm. for future reference. Sorry, a little shout-out for him. What the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, no, Pompeii, something Pompeii, like that. yeah. Like, when he goes to Pompeii, he tells them that they're from the f- he's like from the future, but they're not really from the future because they don't exist, well, and there's all they always exist. I think what he's doing there, I think Loki is fishing for answer there. Like he's he is trying to figure out where they're from because in earlier, obviously in the episode there, he was looking for the the books and whatnot on the origins of it, and they they went or the files, and she wouldn't let him take him. I think he's trying to get to the bottom of himself. He doesn't quite know, but yeah, I I agree. From what we can see, it seems like. The Time Variance Authority, like, they must exist outside of time. Yeah, I mean, they'd have to, because, mm-hmm. like he said, the, the, the timekeepers don't control what they do in the Time Variance Authority, which, in essence, means there's two timelines existing. There's the timeline in which the Time Variance Authority exists, and then the sacred time in which they control. So, because they don't go back in time through their own history, they only go back in another in the history below them. So there's, like, weird levels to this. Yeah, you know I, find I, it to be, I find it pretty, pretty hard to keep up with. It really in the first be. episode in particular, trying to wrap my head around it. And I think the real answer is it's one of those sort of time travel scenarios where you're not meant to obsess over the 
the finer details. Yeah, exactly. Over the exact details of it. Because it seems the way they do it with those little devices they've got is that when they go into a timeline, they're essentially able to do just about anything they need to do to set it right as they see it. And then that little machine just puts it back like it should be. Yeah, it just destroys it. Flips the branch, as it were. But it it is it is kind of confusing in the sense that this the Loki show seems to make out that there's, like, one true timeline. Or one timeline that they've dictated. That they're worrying about, that they're focusing on. Yeah. I suppose that could be, because obviously the other other MCU material is definitely, like, suggests that there's there's multiple timelines, and they're okay with that. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Like, maybe the, the Time Variance Authority has chosen one in particular that they're focused, focused on. on to to make a certain way because that's essentially and they 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 didn't talk about it as much in the first episode but they get into it with the second episode is this idea that if this time time variance authority exists and they have this one very specific timeline then there's almost no free will yeah there's absolutely no free will you're only allowed to do what they want you to do and they get into this in the first episode with that the, the little, little animation, animation yeah i was gonna say infographic because they said it just being as much as being late for work yeah will set the and time. it's not so much that they're worried about like saving the world because obviously, as we saw in the second episode, they're content to let apocalypse occur. Yeah, dozens of apocalypses occur. Because you almost have to let them occur. Yeah. Because well, right, they're clearly not like denizens of good or anything. They're not out to save people and and set the world right. They just have one specific timeline that they think is the best one for whatever reason. Yeah, whatever reason that we are as of yet not really sure of, I to. guess. Which I think is strange because when they mentioned this last episode when uh, Mobius is talking to Loki and Loki brings up like, well, how does it end? Shouldn't you know? Because in, in essence, they should know because it's time. Like, there's an end. So, like, h- how right. have they not figured out what the end right, is Right, because yet? the Time Variance Authority seems to exist, out, yeah, entirely outside of time. Like, they would yeah, have literally. to for them to do what they do, right? In the second episode there, they start to get into the future, right? They go to the... 2050 there which is well beyond any other material in the mcu as yeah. of so far and i i think it'd be safe to assume that they can go much farther you if, can go if they thousands of years into yeah. the future and so i think i think you can like start to get into it and try to make sense of it all of like like we were saying that yeah maybe it is that this is one timeline among many and, and that's why the time variance authority is they have specific concern with this one because they're they're just worried about preserving one and then everything will you know kind of trill out from that they, yeah you know they can let any number of timelines go to ruin as long as, uh, as, long as one they're that, one they yeah, one their they one like. token timeline is good and that would kind of be supported by like the stuff in infinity war right that there's 13 million timelines that 14 million. 14 million where the avengers don't succeed and only one timeline that yeah. at least that dr strange saw where they win. where they were successful in defeating in, thanos and bringing about what we would consider at least right a, a good positive outcome yeah. to that that's kind of when like i said this it's a little more high concept than i was expecting and it's it really is hard for me to personally wrap my brain around because you can start getting into like yeah like you said it's almost dimensional more than it is just straight Spatial? up time travel uh, that's more yeah yeah you know, the, the idea of, like, multiple universe theory, just right. period, which is, like, if I ever, I don't know about you, but whenever I, I start thinking about that, it, it trips me out a little. But, yeah. The idea that in any number of infinitesimally small decisions, decisions will could change. create a branching timeline. Well, it does create a branching timeline. Would, would buy the theory, yeah, yeah. that Some of which may, like, be imperceptibly small. different than, yeah, than our own. Or, like, you know, the, a butterfly attack. Yeah. A butterfly attack effect. Uh, type of situation where even a small change could have, you know, large yeah. ramifications Unknown, for whatever reason. Unknowably large consequences. Kind of, or, like, some people don't subscribe to that at all with, the with like, the multiple universe theory, right? The mm-hmm. idea that, like... Because you might 
think, well, if there's infinite universes, why is there only one universe where, you know, the Avengers win? Right. Right? There, sh- there should be, by in, some estimations, an infinite. An infinite number where they win. An infinite number where they win and an infinite number they lose. Because that's yeah. infinity, right? But I've heard it described before as, like, there is technically, right, infinite number of an infinite number of numbers yeah, between yeah there's different the kinds of infinity like one and two because you can break them down infinitesimally small yeah that doesn't necessarily mean though that that means that you could go on for literally infinity and never get to two a, any specific number in that yeah. bunch because yeah you could just go on forever and you could stay you, in theory you could just make you could write zeros forever and never actually Mm-hmm. increased by any metric any noticeable metric yeah because eventually numbers become so small they don't mean anything that's why yeah like you don't that's why you don't really go past the thousands place hundred thousand place when you right do, that small what's even the difference it's like a hair difference when you get into like real deep in numerical theory like that numbers aren't necessarily like an inherent part of the universe or whatever it's just a way that we have decided to, to make sense it. of it i don't really remember exactly where i was going though <laughs> I don't know either. But I was going to say something about uh, the infinite. It's just the idea that, yeah, there's, there could be an infinite number of universes, but still only one that is exactly what they want. And I guess the question is, if this timeline that the, the Time Variance Authority is so keen on keeping together, protecting, if that is, say, the same one from the, the MCU thus far, right? Because mm. if it is, like, that's got some interesting implications, doesn't it? And they let certain things happen. Yeah, that everything that's happened has happened because they allowed it to happen, it's a, or disallowed it from something yeah. else from happening. It's it must be building to something, just something greater. Or like what I was trying to get earlier, that is one way to look at it. I think potentially, and I I would suppose we're probably going to get some argue there are answers to this as this goes on, right? That's something interesting that I was going to bring up about because I know how because in the MCU they operate because I know the DC universe and the MCU universe operate differently. Because the DC universe and operates in like a brain function where ever there's like higher planes of existence on like different wavelengths. But the MCU timeline very much fits into the Loki way they do it where there's branching paths and every decision branches. But obviously, as you think, well, there's infinite possibilities. What does it even matter if if an infinite number of times the Avengers win, but there's an equal and infinite number of times that Thanos wins or Kang wins or whoever wins? Mm-hmm. But in the MCU, in the comics, there's the Living Tribunal who sees all reality and decides. And every time the villains win, he just destroys that reality. He only lets the good ones win because, you know, you know, good triumphs. And what's interesting about that and where I'm going with this is there's, there's three time variance authorities. And the Living Tribunal has three faces, you know, judge, jury, and executioner. So there's a very good chance, and I was thinking about this, that they may incorporate this character in the MCU in this way. That they may answer or may very well be the living tribunal because they're deciding which reality gets to stay and how the reality should go. Are. Yeah. Probably like that. I think that could be. I think what I was getting at earlier is maybe is that at some point, perhaps it doesn't matter right. all that much. Um, and like what I mean by that is that in the comics, right? Right. Like the comics, you know, it, it's a much like obviously at this point, a much larger, like more fleshed out universe. But one of the things that's, like, obviously so cool about, a say, a Marvel Comics universe, or same goes for DC, but also one of the things that can be daunting, I think, as, like, a potentially a new reader, right. is that there is so much going on in a world like the Marvel Comics, right? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to keep up. Where there's magic and sci-fi and there's 
There's the, the gods. The gods exist. But also there's the living tribunal and there's and the there's, beyonders who yeah. exist beyond. And like, there's all kind of alien races and Doctor Strange is, you know, magic is real. Because his magic is not science. His very much yeah, magic. Is, and there's different real realities. There's different like, kinds of magic. Nightmare, and there's hell, but it's also not like Mephisto's hell and there's... The hell of the Norse there's, gods, and there's the hell, right. like, there's actual like essentially hell. a Christian hell. Yeah, that's kind of like how Ghost Rider ties in, all that kind of stuff. And, like, at some point, I think that sort of the answer to, like, dealing with that is just that you don't. Yeah. Is that you kind of take, even though it is part of, a, like, a curated larger universe that does mostly stick, you know, together and is cohesive, at some point you have to understand, I think, that not everything is going to, like, mesh. Super mesh. It, that's not necessarily always a priority. Yeah. Um, Is, like an absolute um, adherence to continuity. And while the the MCU is not actually, obviously, at that point yet where it's quite so large. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's going to be With these shows, it's, it's kind of exponential. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is that like something like a Loki is clearly an experiment. This that the, the series, I mean, is clearly a bit of an experiment, right? It's different from anything they've really done before, I would say. It's kind of unique in its tone. And again, like the, the sci-fi kind of concept it's wrestling with. And yeah, with so many shows and they're still doing all the movies and stuff. And I think they're getting to, to a point where the MCU is so like fleshed out that they very well could. Yeah, they could just They do. could be getting to a point where continuity is kind of second. And there is kind of stories that are almost off on the side. Yeah, stories that don't really matter in the main line. Because really... I don't, f- I think that if we were to say, to extrapolate from these Again, and for all we know, like, this stuff is going to be more, much more fleshed out and, and definitively answered in the coming episodes. Right. But I think if we were to take these first two episodes and try to extrapolate from that, that the existence of the Time Variance Authority means that everything that's happened in the MCU thus far has only happened because they allowed it to happen. Yeah. Obviously, that takes away a lot of the agency of all the characters. And that's sort of the, I guess, the, the idea. Just tying to that. Well, look, he's like, getting it. Yeah, I think that's probably what the series is going to deal with is that. The Tyverns Authority is not like seem to be super good, right? If that really is what they're doing in taking people's agency and yeah, like Loki addresses even in that second episode, that they seem to be if it really is like they say it is, that they get to determine what is and is not the right timeline and that any slight deviation is a is treated as a crime, like they've they've kind of stripped away free will to an extent, right? Oh, I, I mean Probably to a, not even to an extent. I think they just strip well, yeah, it all together. Right? Just literally just not free will. And the, I think the aesthetic, like, design of the Time Variance Authority is getting at that. Like, between the fact that they're, like, this, you know, this most, like, stereotypical, like, you know, bureaucratic machine. Yeah. With all their, like, you know, 50s era tech, tech and stuff. And, like, the fact that their guards are kind of not fascist looking. Kind of right? riot gear Yeah, they're all, like, they riot got, gear and They just use kind of, like, billy clubs. Yeah. I think maybe that's what it's getting at, is that, like... This is not a good not thing. Good guy. Which is interesting, because, like, that's going to mean Loki, like, going against them, I guess, is more of the hero. Which, which is an interesting concept. Because this Loki in particular has not yet gone through all, like, the character development that we get from Loki in, like, Ragnarok and Infinity War and stuff, right? Right, yeah. He kind of got, like, a fast-forward version in the first episode. He's, when he's he, got a cliff notes? When he watched the movies. He was like, he's like, oh, I watched all the movies. Okay, he, he watched all his movies. He sat down, he watched all the movies, like, you know, with the proper angles and everything. He was like, oh, so that's how... See, what I thought was going to happen is that when once he dies, the tape was going to just cut off because his life is over. But I guess it kind of doesn't really... 
work for the character and the scene for just to him die because he got got to see his brother like mourn his death and it really shows mm-hmm. a departure that his brother also like obviously Thor cares for him right because this is still like 2012 Loki me crazy he's a bit, bit of a dick a bit of quite a dick I would say and where he goes from this in the normal timeline is that like you go into throw the dark world where he's like he goes a little crazy for a while and then I think it's mad his mom dies. Yeah, and then he takes over Asgard by the end of that movie and stuff. Like he's and so I think it makes sense that in that first episode, I I, I personally liked at least that they just yeah they kind of sped up his character development essentially and just showed him all like, hey, this is what's this is how your life is. This is how it's gonna go. How it's destined to be. Because I thought maybe they were gonna like dance around that for the whole series, like kind of hide from him the fact that he was gonna die. But obviously in retrospect, like it definitely makes more sense this way, especially for the motivations of the Time Variance Authority. Like yeah. they don't really care about him like yeah they're like well we're gonna use yeah they so don't, like, most of them don't even only mobius really wants to use them yeah so mobius so like, like well i have to tell him yeah, everything gotta bring him right because i feel like that would be i feel like that's used a lot in fiction that like oh i know like a terrible truth about you from the future and i'm not gonna tell you until like a crucial emotional moment and i feel like they'll just drag down the series like i feel I like agree. it's better if they just go all right you die and then do kind of like a different plot because that like isn't really that's just kind of dramatic irony that isn't, isn't really necessary i feel I agree. I think that's why I expected it as well. And I was, yeah, a little pleasantly surprised that they just got that out of the way. Like, because, yeah, there was going to, that was going to be hanging over the show the whole time otherwise, right? Yeah. Like, when it was first announced, the whole Loki show, however many years ago, I, I remember that was kind of like the discussion. It's like, what the hell is going to happen? It's like, yeah, this is Loki devoid of all the character development. And they obviously could have just ran with that. Yeah. But I, I do also like that they were just like, well, we kind of have to bring them up to speed. In a way that's also, yeah, going to be, it's relevant to this character and the story. Yeah, it was interesting how I thought about the Loki show. Because I remember when I first heard about it, and I was like, a Loki show? Like, he's dead. Like, what mm-hmm. are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And I was puzzling surprised when they did the Time Variance Authority. Because I, well, previously, I had never heard of the Time Variance Authority. Because like you said, Marvel Comics is so fucking big, you're not mm-hmm. going to find everything. Like, yeah. you, like unless you really scour, like, you're not going to catch everything. Right. Um, and I don't have that kind of time. I have other things to consume and obsess over. <laughs> and I, I think it is. Like, I, I do think they're relatively obscure. They're not, yeah, they're not a big, yeah. you know, I mean, player in I really wish they called him Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. Okay, because yeah. that's his yeah. name. It's mm-hmm. Mobius and Mobius. Wow. It's like Major, Major, Major from um, Catch-22. Can't win them all, can you? Can't win them all. But, I mean, I guess, what's interesting is that, I don't know, like, what, I don't know what they're classified as, because they're not humans they're not well so i yeah that's what i mean when when it really gets kind of screwy and again hopefully we'll like start to learn some of that like what the time variance authority really is yeah what their true nature yeah it's pretty freaky this idea that they were supposedly everyone who works there was just invented because made from yeah because if you think about it all of those guys are in a sense more powerful than even thanos himself because they exist and they can they can travel outside the timeline yeah this unrestricted access to time travel that they have obviously makes them and again like you said it's it's not even just one time that they they seem to be jumping around like they go they had obviously in that scene in the first episode that kind of like made loki realize really what he was dealing with right where there was a ton of infinity stones there like if they have that kind of unrequited access to something like that they really are like and they don't even care about and they don't yeah because they don't because what what use do they have of them they only really need the time this like they can go they can do everything the infinity stones can do except for like control minds and control souls but they don't really need to do that do they even have souls like there's a lot of questions it really is and like again are they living beings if they did have any goals beyond like just yeah keeping their timeline they they obviously could easily achieve them because of how powerful they really are which is again i think why you sort of have to look at this show in a vacuum um because otherwise you're getting into like a you know like a why didn't they call the eagles thing 
from the yeah. ring. Yeah, exactly. Just like, the Time Variance Authority, it seems like, could have solved every problem. every problem that's ever appeared in the Marvel Universe. And again, I think that's why you have to, like, kind of compartmentalize this. Because like you said, we were talking about earlier, there is so many forces that are at work in every iteration of the Marvel Universe. The yeah. comics and stuff expand so big as to, like, the powers that are at play, where in every story you could just say, why doesn't X, Y, or Z, you know, Occur. omni-powerful character just show up and fix all the to problem. fix things? And so, really, what, but what you have to do is you kind of have to say, well, you have to take what you're given with, with that stuff, and that's why the comics work. Is that when you pick up an individual comic issue, even though you know that the Time Variance Authority is out there, or Doctor Strange is out there, or Scarlet or Witch, any or number of any omni, of again, like omnipowerful characters are out there who could solve the problem of this particular issue, you have to say, well, what is what's what's is this story? story telling? Yeah, what does this hero do? Like, what are these specific characters doing? What are what are they working with? Because otherwise, yeah, when you get a universe as expansive as the Marvel Universe, and again, as we're getting here, the MCU, you could just, there, there is like three dozen, you know, different solutions to any given problem yeah. if you chose to go that way. But so, I think you, you can't really And especially, it like I was saying with the Living Tribunal, once you know about him, like, if shit really hits the fan, there's a guy at the top who just hits the kill switch. In a sense, if you think about it too much, nothing really mad. Like, if things get too bad, they just scrap it and just go to one that works. So, I think you can't really think about it that way. You can't. You can't really put too much thought into it. But you know, these fucking normies do it. And yeah. Ooh, it's all this. It's all this then, hey. But overall, I'm enjoying Loki so far. Wait, so how do you rank it amongst I'd the s- the Disney Plus shows in particular? So, so far, far, I'd probably say it was the best. Yeah, really. I was the most excited. Like when you're saying, I meant to say this earlier when you're talking about trailers, but I'll just say it now. Um, is that I I had the opposite thing with the trailers? Is it because I watched that Loki trailer probably five or six times, right. almost probably almost ten times. Because I just, I was, it was just really intriguing because it was so different and just so kind of high concept. Because, not that, because um, they just kind of get wacky. Like, they can just do all the wacky comic book shit that I kind of like. They're like, with the Time Vision 30 and like traveling through time and Loki does like more Asgardian magic. There's stuff that, as a comic book knowledge, I don't read them a ton, but I kind of know, mm. um, that I enjoy um, what Zack Snyder tries to do, but he doesn't and I hate him. But that's unrelated to this conversation. It's for another time, listeners. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's the best so far. I think that so far my ranking would just be this and then WandaVision pretty close. I'd say I really mm. liked WandaVision. And I got to say Winter Soldier a little bit further down, Cap Falcon, than Winter, Captain America Winter Soldier, whichever yeah, you I'll say it. Because, like, uh-huh. that one was okay, but I definitely saw, like, some faults there. And it kind of meanders a little bit in the middle. And at the end, Sam just gives, like, a kind of talks at everybody. He's like, agree. hey, stop stop being bad. It's like, I, I get what that's why you're doing, better. but like, I don't know. Kind of a little bit too much for my taste, I think. Yeah. I, I did enjoy it. It's not, none of these are bad. I don't want to no, get that misconstrued. And like, if anything, that's sort of just a testament to the sort of, Standard and this is weird to say, right? That like sort of golden age of like superhero content, which is kind of funny to say because you'd ask somebody like five years ago if we would still in 2021 be extended into this golden age. Like, because, you know, people for probably the better part of a decade at this point, since like Iron Man first exploded and, and sort of kind of revitalized it, people have been saying that the superhero bubble is going to burst, and it may very well yet. But I think, yeah, the, if anything, that shows just how spoiled for choice we are between Disney Plus shows and Marvel movies, the Marvel movies that are coming out, and if you you know it's the DC stuff, if you, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. <laughs> that and like I mean, these, even, even these Netflix, sort of, the Boys, say, the stuff Invincible. like Invincible. The, um, yeah, the, the third party stuff. Um, exact Jupiter Legacy. Jupiter's Legacy. Ascending? That's it. Yeah, yeah, As, okay. Isn't Ascending the one with Mila Kunis? Yeah, that's that bad movie. Tatum, Jeez, Which is like a reincarnation yeah. of like a Saturn lady. Kind of like the Eternals, actually. But yeah. It's weird. Invincible, like you said, in the boys. Like, There's all this stuff that's kind of experimental a little bit. In, in... More of deconstruction. Yeah. Uh, just like that movie Brightside, where that evil Superman kid 
Is that Brightburn? Brightburn. Brightside. Yeah. Like, Mr. Brightburn. So, I, ca- I think I totally agree with that. I, I don't know. If I, maybe give it a little longer. You know, it, I, I'm not going to say it couldn't um, for me. But I think for right now, I think of the three, WandaVision is going to be on top for me. And I agree that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably the weakest. Um, but again, that's not to say it's bad. It's just to say that it's just um, the weakest. Which is, which is just a testament to how good the shows are. That's what are. I'm saying. It, and I think that we're going to see that. I Like, WandaVision, I, I don't think the show has yet, for me, reached the heights that WandaVision did. But again, it's still obviously much earlier. Yeah. But also, I've noticed, like, personally at least, that I guess you'd say there's, like, less hype around individual episodes. Yeah. Cause, um, cause and I noticed was... the same sort of phenomenon with, definitely with Falcon the Soldier, with the Star Wars Disney Plus shows as well. Is that right. There's kind of diminishing returns on how much energy people seem to be, be able to muster for this stuff. And I think WandaVision in particular being that it was the first MCU content in over a year, right? I think that probably was worked in its favor and being the first MCU show and being... Uh, the first Marvel the, thing. Like, yeah, like I said, the first MCU thing in a while. But, you know, at the time, certainly like probably the most experimental thing Marvel they'd done, done in the MCU up period. until that point and to now be only maybe surpassed by Loki itself here. But I think, and I don't think, again, I don't think it's any fault to the shows of themselves, but I think as they go on, they're just going to be a little more commonplace and I just don't think they're going to be as much excitement the, around each and every one and again yeah. that's not anyone's fault and it's kind of a shame because the discussion around wandavision was, was insane yeah and i and i think part of that's probably because there was like that mystery sort of element mm-hmm. that now this has more of that whereas falcon the winter soldier had, had none very of little of that i think that's i think that's a, a big reason why falcon Winter Soldier didn't have as well warmed reception because wandavision i remember a friend of mine expresses to me and it was a very good point he made just about how because every episode of wandavision you're like what the fuck is going on like i don't know what's happening and I just want to find out. It kind of would answer a couple questions. And, and then raise, raise, raise for every more. three questions it answered, there were six more around no, the I'm corner. Not, don't get me wrong. I don't think everything should do that because that's not. But then it just gets boring. Yeah, that's not good either. Yeah. I, there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with being a Falcon Winter Soldier, which is just a pretty straightforward, like that's a that was a grounded story. Which is what it should be, right? That's what the Captain America movies in general have been in the MCU, right? Like every, they all fill their own niche, the the different sort of like sectors of the marvel universe right like you right. had your iron man movies were kind of this like sci-fi but not like but like a harder like or like a more grounded sci-fi like yeah. techie and, and like this industrial kind of espionage and stuff like that and then yeah thor obviously is like your fantasy realm and captain america was has been grounded. the most grounded so obviously the show that is ostensibly the captain america show and you got the guardians who are more should be cosmic. yeah cosmic in space that that's like the more like you know straight down the wacky kind of yeah more, more kind of wacky i'd say because you, you know like, they, they can do whatever they want because it's fuck, yeah exactly because it's just space fucking anything's out there Right. So, like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't have all these cosmic questions or these, yeah, these, like, really high-concept sci-fi ideas, because that's not what it should have been. And again, I think it's just because we're so spoiled for choice now that, you know, people just can't muster the same enthusiasm for each and every one. And again, I like I said, I think I noticed it for the Star Wars shows as well. The Mandalorian in particular. People love that show. That has a ton of... And I like, I, I would bet that it will again when it comes back. So yeah. maybe it is going to be That's in certain years, shows. Right? Is this Book of Boba Fett this it's year? It's supposed to be, I think, early next year. I think okay, that's supposed good. to lead. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be pretty close together. And again, I think they're going to get to a... Uh, it seems like we're going to get to a tempo here with the Disney Plus stuff that it's going to be almost unrelenting. Because what is it? This ends, and then Black Widow comes out for it, and then mm-hmm. What If comes out, and then after What If, it's Shang-Chi, and mm-hmm. then... 
somewhere in there's Miss Marvel, the Eternals, Marvel, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Spider Man. What if? Did you? I did hit what I did that one. So like, yeah, and that's not to count Star Wars stuff. I think start next year is when all those Star Wars shows they announced are also going to start kicking off. It seems like Disney Plus essentially, and this makes sense, right? When you look at something like Netflix, they have a ton of originals where they seem to be releasing literally probably something new almost every week. Yeah. Um. And they never like, like doing season twos, though. They <laughs> notoriously they, they, they get up to season two or three, but it's it's almost unheard of for a Netflix thing to get a season four. I mean, they recently have been canceling a lot season two because they like, ran they, the math. What is it? There was one show I really liked. It was um I can't believe this is happening or what the fuck's going on or some teen Netflix show that was pretty good. Um, Mark girl's got like psychic powers and she's got to like figure them out. See, and maybe and Disney Plus, that. maybe Disney Plus has found a way around that in that they're doing. They seem to be more inclined to do these one-off event series. That only have one or only ever designed to have one season from the ground up, which I think is I think for these Marvel shows is better because I feel like these shows are standalone, but they're very clearly stories that build into the movies. Like it's well, yeah. stories they couldn't do as movies because I do not think they're ever gonna make another season of Falcon and the Soldier because he's Captain America, like because he is a flagship Marvel character. Like Sam Wilson is now with Captain America, he will just have Captain America. I think before. it's been discussed and like flown around, but yeah. I can see it going either way. I know they've talked about season two. They've also talked about, obviously, that Captain America 4 movie that's going to be starring him and presumably, you know, the Winter Soldier and probably the whole crew. They obviously left off, like, cliffhangers at the end of that. So the question, I guess, is just whether or not those are going to be picked up by the next Captain America movie or by some second season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, right? But, yeah, it seems to me like these series are, yeah, much more tied in than they've had any before with like the abc series or anything or the netflix series that they had before that they are serving almost as just like long form movies which is almost better because they can do more they got more they can accomplish yeah they they can kind of do more than they could in a traditional a movie i i guess is all i'm saying like it's yeah you get six seven eight hours in a tv series as opposed to yeah two two and a half but also it's they don't feel pressured clearly to like drag a show out two multiple seasons which i think those are both like i think it's good I, i think that the MCU is in a place where they obviously trust the creators behind it to do pretty much whatever they think. I mean, that shit prints money. Sense. They can yeah. fucking do whatever they want. Yeah, and again, people the, hated Captain Marvel. She made a billion dollars. The, like the it bubble, doesn't. Exactly. It's not gonna affect them. Exactly. The bubble again has yet to burst. Whether it may may yet or not is one thing. But I I think for the time being, for the bubble, I think for now, I feel like I always did this because I remember when Endgame came and they were like, oh, we're going to have a whole Phase 4. I was like, I don't, do I really care about Phase 4? And then I ended up caring because Well, yeah, you know, they've already got so- a lot of people back Soy Boy scenes. fucking That's right. audio medium I did the Soy Boy face, if you know that. But con. yeah, I agree. Like, people did say that. Like, it, it seems, on one hand, as if people are essentially rooting for, like, the MCU to fail because it's People like doing that, right? They well, because no one c- likes it just admitting that a successful thing is good and successful. No, because they can't. Because they're like, oh, it's it's too much. It's, it's too much. It's too much. Like what? So then don't watch. Yeah, it. Like, people been on that. Just not people been on that for a while. But yeah, it's still going strong as of now. And again, yeah, after Endgame, people are like, oh, well, this is definitely it, right? Yeah. And no one's gonna care. But it seems to be doing good now. Like with these MCU shows in particular, everyone's back on board. I would say if if they lost anyone to begin with. Oh yeah, I think. It seems what I was getting at before is that it seems like Disney Plus is trying to match that sort of tempo of a Netflix 
with the amount of original content they're putting out. It's just that with Disney Plus, their original, obviously the properties that they have access to to make original content of is the most lucrative properties in yeah, probably in ever, entertainment. Probably ever. ever. Between the MCU and, and Star, Star Wars. Wars. They would just need those yeah, two. They have the most lucrative properties ever. And if the, if, if the news is to be believed and they purchase DC and its comics, <sighs> is it right? fucking, I personally Fox cannot wait. Oh, they got Fox, like, which is in, it's, which is a discussion. They're talking about, like, they're talking about alien shows, like aliens, like James Cameron's aliens and stuff. And oh, a show about that? Yeah, much. and all kind of content that they could be putting out. Yeah, they so could do whatever. They, they really, they, if they put as much money into their original properties as Netflix seems to, they could be putting out very high quality, high production value shows. But yeah, again, on these properties that everyone already cares about. They already have a built-in audience. You're not trying to convince someone to pick up The Boys or Invincible or, you know, Jupiter's Legacy or whatever. You're just convincing someone to continue watching a Star Wars show. Yeah. The, the brand recognition is so much more powerful that they they would almost be fools to not. Like, it's from the outside, you might think, wow, they must be putting a lot of money into all these shows, right? Doing this many shows right. and, and stuff. But, yeah, it's it's got to be doing well for them. I mean, like, Disney Plus is already one of the most, like, e- only in the second, second, third year, whatever, of its existence – it's like farce exceeding expectations. Yeah, it's it's. I think it only is rivaled by Netflix, but that's been around for a decade, been around longer than the Mar- mm-hmm. as long as the Marvel movies at least. And it's only going to get more popular because they're just going to put all the movies on there. What I was saying about this bubble, I just want to go circle back to that. Is that I mean, like I said, I think oh people aren't going to be as interested, but like I mean, I'll probably I'm thinking this now. I'll probably put my foot in my mouth when these movies because like they've already planned out the next phase four and I think five or just this is just four. Because the last one they've said is like Blade, I think, is the most, is the furthest, or no, I, I, Fantastic Four is the furthest one ahead. Is it? Yeah. Cause is there a definitive statement on which one of those is first? or Which Blade or Fantastic Four? Yeah. I think. They're both well out. Those are both two those, ones those that are, are far out those are, they don't have release dates yeah. or I don't know hardly I know I've heard that they got the woman who wrote the HBO Watchmen series. Mm-hmm. They got her, I believe she's still on there, to write Blade. So I believe they've gotten, they, and they have not gotten a writer for Fantastic Four. And well, and they've cast that um, guy from the Green Book, and he's in Moonlight. I don't know what Mahersh this actor is. Mahersh Ali. thank you. Uh, he's already cast as Blade, and they haven't right. cast anyone for that before. So clearly, they're far enough, far enough That's along. That's what you think. John Krasinski's waiting in the wings, man. Him he, and Emily Blunt, they've already I been cast. I think they're def Like, it'd be foolish. Like, I don't know if it'd be foolish. Not foolish. But I do like that uh, people have apparently been pestering the two of them. For, Which is no good. I, think. I agree. Which is the problem, right? Because sometimes it works. I remember uh, the interview with the woman who's Monica Rambo in WandaVision that somebody said that, hey, she should be Monica Rambo like six years ago. Mm. And then she got a call from Marvel. So that I think that with... stuff is cool. But like when they're like, are you winning? Are you winning? That happened with Are you winning? Awesome. Awesome. And they're like, who gives? No. Ahsoka. Yeah, sometimes it can work in that favor. Like with Rosario Dawson and Ahsoka where somebody puts it out and it gets enough traction. And if the, obviously the actor is on board and the creatives behind the project are on board, like that can be a cool thing that works out. But yeah, just incessantly bugging them. Just, is just bugging them is no good. I, I will say, I think if anything would get it, it would be like just overdoing it, right? Just an oversaturation. Yeah. And that's, but again, that's but what's been being said for, for literally years now. It's like they're oversaturated. They're doing too it's many. Way too many. No one's going to want to listen and, to them. I think there is something to be said about that, except I think when you get oversaturated, it's not that everyone stops seeing anything. I think it's just that they only start seeing things they want the to things see. they want to see that are whatever the good things. And I think that is could potentially be where Marvel Marvel could be almost doing themselves a disservice. Obviously, it remains to be seen, and I think this year in particular is not going to be the time for it because like 
obviously mitigating circumstances. Um, I think people are hungering to just go back to the movies and stuff. Yeah, like, just, I think just to have that experience again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if all their movies this year did a billion maybe even above. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. As, I would not be surprised, as, if this especially the nature of them, because the four movies are putting out this year are Black Widow, which is a movie people have been asking for forever, which I think is... A I will say... Well, let shank- me, um, you can, you can well okay. Oh. So, my thing about these, all the properties I have so far, not so far, I, I should say, all the ones that are coming out this year, I think that this could potentially be, in an, again, in a normal circumstance, like, the weakest year that they've had as far as lineups. Right, right. right. As far as, like, brand, rec- like, name recognition, yeah. as far as, like, established properties... They're trying a lot of new stuff this year. Because I've n- I've never heard of Shang-Chi. I don't know anything about the Eternals. I right. mean, you have read the now game, now game and run. Yeah, exactly. But I've never read anything. I'm probably not going to. And it doesn't to seem now. to even be like tied super closely to that one in particular. It's not. It's certainly not a direct adaptation or anything. Yeah, it's like more um, of its own story. So yeah, I would say like if if all these movies came out when they were supposed to, like last year, beginning of this year, and there wasn't this pandemic that disrupted stuff. And again, I think people are hungering for it. I think there could have genuinely been a bit of fatigue coming off of Endgame, which was obviously the biggest one by far, the whole MCU, but also in a lot of ways felt like a sort of culmination to it mm-hmm. to then come off of that and go into black widow black widow a character who had died died in the previous movie this is like a weird like a prequel situation and i i suppose you know not putting it super you know you never know what they do with these series like i, I suppose there is some chance that um she may re- there's some shenanigans in this in the black widow movie that could have her come back in some way but yeah. i don't know if i would certainly bet on it so i think that could have lost people right saying well why do I want to go see this movie? The character's already dead. And like you see, like you said, you have Shang-Chi, who's a character who doesn't have a ton of name recognition. Yeah. And the Eternals, who, who another one, like, that's that's a bit out there as a property-wise. Oh, yeah. For sure. And it's, it's basically... I think it wasn't that the, the like, film industry as a whole was doing too many superhero movies. I think you could make the argument that Marvel themselves... Are doing too many superhero Which movies. is too, too many at once. And, again, it wasn't necessarily their most, like, lucrative properties. They're coming off of, again, a very big win. But, like, you know, a lot of people did see that as a bit of a culmination where they weren't necessarily super hankering for I'm, more. Especially that, I mean, not, I was in the same boat. I Right. Yeah. No, now that Iron Man's gone and Captain America's gone. And Thor's kind of off with the Guardians. Yeah, like, everything's kind of separating. Again, not to not to say anything against these movies. I'm sure they'll all be good. I'm going to see them all anyways. I would have always seen them regardless. And I'm sure they're going to be good. I mean, the way they're talking about the, the Eternals in particular. They're hyping up the Eternals. I mean, they want to give it to the Oscars. God King Kevin Feige <laughs> is, is really... God Emperor Kevin Feige in his great chair. Master of creation. I mean, he's really ha- hyping that one I up. mean, the, the director has won Oscars. So, like, I really... I mean, if it doesn't win an Oscar, I think... Maybe it'll shut those goddamn film nerds up because they're like... I don't know if it would happen. It's not how the Academy rolls. May, I mean, Kevin Feige's got a lot of sway in Hollywood these days. He I mean, must. I mean, I will say, like... He's a big he's a big man on campus around there these days. The thing is... I don't know so, why I say that I don't live in Hollywood. There's a lot of successful filmmakers who've who done MCU stuff. But oh, yeah. when you venture into whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it that, like, the, the popcorn amusement park kind of fucking mind <laughs> i love his movies but god damn he could be a fucking old man about it people have these preconceived notions of it not, and again not to do that i i understand that these isn't necessarily the, the peak of cinema yeah that's not what it's supposed to be but to act like it's totally devoid of any value any artistic merit or like any heart or that these stories are not just the cinematic equivalent of fireworks shows they do have substance to them, I think. Yeah. Again, I, not to, I don't want to go full around and, and try to tell you how these are, yeah, like fine cinema, but they have substance, and I, I think substance comparable to other stuff that's been 
the Oscars. Yeah, oh, recently. 100%. And if you, again, like you said, if you look at the filmmakers behind them. They're acclaimed filmmakers. Acclaimed, right? John Favreau, didn't he, didn't he win the best picture for Chef? Chef? He won something. Chef was uh, well-received. Tech Watiti was did well with Jojo Rabbit. Like the, Jojo yeah, Rabbit, are, he did well with what we do in the shadows, what Hunt for the, the Wilder people. Yeah, you're right. He's got a great scissor. I these, mean, he thought it was going to be a career ender. Our filmmakers who clearly know what they're doing. And so I think it's weird to assume that as soon as they step into these Marvel movies. Yeah, which again, you can't deny they have more mass appeal and that, that they did what they're for. But to act like they leave, you know, everything at the door and they leave all their artistic, you know, their own personal artistic desires and, and their ideas and just, yeah, make absolute fluff. I think it's not that cute either. They just, I mean, I mean, mostly I think these people are just mad who make these artsy film directors. I mean, then nobody wants to watch a black and white friendship with a bunch of people in beret smoking cigarettes and watching a steak rot. You know, like... Potentially, like, that's even... Nobody wants to watch that. Again, I know that these aren't... The, I, I just want to keep saying it because I know people, anyone who listens to this, like, potentially to make people I'm at angry. If anyone gets episode one. <laughs> anyone, make it angry. But the thing is, like, like you said, maybe it's people are angry because yes it's not reaching the absolute heights that cinema can reach but again it does have substance and it does have heart sometimes and they have meaning while also being entertaining yeah. and they're not just these yeah boring like high concept artsy Sl- slog fests Where that often are dominated that often dominate the academy Oscars awards that no one actually watches or has heard of other than in the context of hey these are the movies that are going to do well at the Oscars. We should go, you know, watch them just so we know what the fuck's going on. That that the like seemingly newish trend of hey, let's watch all the movies that are going to be in the Oscars that have, were nominated for Best Picture because you know we haven't seen any of them yet because they're movies that no one's heard of or been interested in. Yeah, you yeah. rant. I hate the Academy Awards. I really, they're really they're silly. The worst. I don't know what they're for anymore. They're just for actors to give each other big fucking awards and stuff uh where are we at 50 minutes are we yeah, we really well we can keep talking about up. Local, i don't know how i could act attack you okay we'll back attack all right act attack so watch the quiet place part two. Oh, we should probably actually before we do that we just said act attack the first episode with no previous context uh that's the thing we're gonna try to do listeners and by listeners i mean colin uh <laughs> <laughs> we're getting too too rambly or off topic or like not really saying anything new we're gonna just try to say act attack to keep it fresh. Um, We've given you. each other the express permission to attack each other. To, yeah. Just keep it going. Get us on court. To switch topics. If we feel the topic's going Because I don't know if you became track listeners, but we talked about the extended Marvel movies for about mm, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Something like that. We'll see how much of that makes it in. See, uh, probably all of it. It's the first episode. Who the fuck's going to listen? I'm not going to cut for content in the first episode. Are you fucking crazy? But so, yeah. I'll cut Our this out, was... my little rant, as I keep <laughs> talking and talking and talking and talking. Am I clipping? I don't think I'm clipping. You know, oh, the... I'm actually really clipping bad. <laughs> oh shit it's probably oh shit i'm gonna cut all this out too but yeah anyway ack attack what's what's yeah because we named the show ack attack so we thought now again i don't know if we'll be any good at this because we're traditionally not good at keeping our, each other in check if anything we feed off <laughs> we, each other's endless energy. cycle but we'll try it for the sake of brevity and for the sake of you dear of, listeners that's right dear listener of, right now yeah the maybe sake two of, if we put some it, content yeah so I saw a Quiet Place Part Two. You didn't I did watch not. That. I I've not no. seen the first you one. Seen the first one either. You don't. Really did you watch the first one? Energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. Oh, okay. Well, you I do need. To, we'll I would there. say. So you've watched it for both of us because I'm not gonna right. fucking watch them. Um, anyone out there, you Colin. do need to watch the first. One. <laughs> um, it is. It's. It's not the type of series where you can just not. Um, it's. It's oh, every series is like that if well, you try no, it's, hard enough. It's not even just like a. It's, it's called The Quiet Place Part 2, and it truly functions as a second part of a larger whole. Not to cut you off, but uh, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they already greenlit um third one. 
Yes. A trilogy, a third one. Yes. I think, a I think the third one was probably a given going into the second one. I, I yeah. think the first one was successful enough that they had those. They also have, like, spinoffs in the same kind of universe lineup. But it right. seems that these three are going to serve as, yeah, three parts of a whole. The way that they, like, there's kind of cliffhang- cliffhangers. The cliffhanger thing at the first one is not super, um, it's not, I, I would say the one at the end of the second one is, like, larger. Also, spoilers for this as well. Yeah, just want to spoilers put to the top. in case. This, uh, I'll we, try not to go heavy just because you haven't seen it, so there's not much uh, to be gained. But yeah, I'm not gonna gain it. The first one has like a bit of a cliffhanger, but it could—it's kind of the type of thing where like if it didn't get a follow-up, you wouldn't necessarily be like, "What's gonna happen?" Kind of thing. Yeah, but I would be, say the you wouldn't second, be hankering for it. Yeah, I would say the second one much more so. And again, like you said, the third one is greenlit, so it's all gonna work together. But I just think they're good. I'd say you know they are interesting and, and worth watching. They're not. Um, I don't think they're overly scary. I know they like are meant. They're understood to be like horror movies, but they're almost more of like a a thriller. Perhaps. Yeah, like kind of a thriller and like this the survival horror. sort of thing. It's almost like a soft horror of like a zombie apocalypse kind of content, which is like it's. It's not always about being scared the whole time. It's just about the aftermath. Yeah, it's about, like, it's, yeah, it's a post-apocalyptic type scenario. It's cool seeing the way that they survive in the world, given the specific circumstances of those, the monsters. Because, you know, they're, like, hairy, right? Yeah. They are very cute. So are they actually just aliens? Um, so the second movie gets into that a little more. It's, I think it's implied there to be aliens. The question, I suppose, and I, it's the type of thing where I don't think the series itself needs an answer to this. Like, that's not what these movies are about. Right. You know, it's kind of like The Walking Dead, where it's not the type of show where you need to know exactly. It, where yeah, going. where the heroes, their goal is to, to to get to the bottom of it and, and figure it out and find a cure. Like that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. It's just about people trying to live. Do they find the a world. cure in The Walking Dead? No. Oh, uh, that's <laughs> um, not good. Anyway. No. So, in the second mm-hmm. one though, in particular, you see the because you don't get a big sense in the first one of how things start, whereas you do get that in right. the second movie. Um, you see, like, the day zero of it happening, or day one, whatever it's happening. And it appears to be, like I said, I, it's one of the things where I don't think it's going to be definitively answered, but it's either some kind of just, like, meteorite that's got them, or it could as very well be, like, a, a like a deliberate thing, a bomb or something, I don't know. Like, some different alien forces weaponizing them, like, they're xenomorphs or something. Because they don't seem to be very, they seem to be very animalistic from what i Yeah, I've they're seen. not super advanced, so, like, it doesn't seem that they have come on, yeah, like, they've mastered space travel or something, interstellar travel to get here. It does seem like if they got here, it was either an accident or, like, they, they're liberally using as, like, a, a blunt weapon. As a bioweapon to yeah. kind of keep the the planet intact without blowing it up, but kind of... Yeah, like xenomorphs. Yeah. To kill everything alive without destroying a planet. But getting rid of all the resources that we... But again, I don't think that's what this is about. But And particular relevance to us is that we live in the Western New York area, and that's where they filmed a lot of this stuff. It's just cool to see. Yeah, it's cool to see places you know. It's never really gotten into in either of the movies. That's not by Anchor where it takes place. That's not like emphasized. Although I've read that it, the setting is meant. To, it, it you're supposed to understand that it is meant to be upstate New York. Like I always say, that's a pretty big area. It's all that, of New York. Yeah, that people don't give a lot of credit to. Cause, no, because fucking I'm not in a rant <laughs> I want to get into. That's another 50 minute rant I could rant about how much I but, hate. Yeah. You're from the city. If, people, I mean, if you're listening from the city, you're the ones I like. But anyone else who doesn't listen, people think of New York as oh, a geez. yeah, it's like a monolith. Yeah, just like oh, it's just that fucking the city, as in the city. The city. I hate it's that. It's a very big state, and a lot yeah. of it is actually quite rural. 
Yeah. As rural as like any I think that's like the breakdown of most states is that it's you the have city dense population centers, yeah. but most of the pure land mass it's just you rural. Need, it's rural areas that need to be supporting that. Like that's how civilizations work. Yeah, that's kinda how it works. Because you think of most states, you think of well Pennsylvania is just Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, but there's a lot between those those cities are those cities are on the opposite ends of those states. Yeah. Like there's a lot between So they filmed all over the place, um, to create like a composite, right? right. Which is most movies work out. I, I would say. So it's not necessarily one i don't think it's meant to be any of the single places they filmed in and the second movie in particular does some weird stuff with geography where i think they do start they really start to kind of take artistic license with places and and stuff where they're just creating things um but yeah it's cool again i to me personally none of it stands out as being from like upstate new york that's why i said i don't i the movies themselves do not go out of their way to like hit you over the head with it which i think is not a bad thing no, it could just all. as easily be any small town across the country, pretty much. Yeah. And, well, I mean, within a certain area, it's not going to be some small town in the in the west. No, probably not. Probably like, probably like uh, the yeah. northeast the, or, the yeah. so- or the southeast. The weather and stuff do suggest a certain type. But, yeah, no, it's cool. So that, uh, if you are in, like, the western York Buffalo area, there is, like, some... Recognizable landmarks. Yeah, locations of particular... But, again, a lot of it is just small towns, which are not unique to hear everybody's got a small town right everyone's from yeah. a, everyone's got a small town somewhere it's cool that we filmed him here john right. krasinski himself set foot in he was in, he was in hunting range yes he I was find him and like him he was in trackable range find him and his wife him and his wife yeah maybe maybe they're two kids all the actors really presume of the crew as well i go i can hunt them all but what's the <laughs> there's not really much for their bounties mm, but if no. i hunt john krasinski i've hunted one of the greatest actors of our time he was the most valuable of them for certain he is emily Blunt's pretty good i think emily Blunt's probably a better actor than he is it might be because she does more dramatic roles i would say so she was in Edge of tomorrow great movie love that movie she's in mary poppins did not see that movie. Not really for me, I think. It, but if you want to listeners, email us. Colin, if you want us to listen to it, yeah. you're our only listener. Talk in depth about the return of Mary, Mary Poppins. Yes. Probably not, though. It's on Disney+. Plus. We, we could after. watch it. Literally anything. We could watch that squirrel thing on Disney+. Plus. Ulysses and oh, a girl yeah. with Ben yeah, Schwartz. Thing. That exists. It's not really for me. Do you want to act attack on anything else? I got a couple things. Uh, what do you got? May as well. We got to talk about War of the Bounty Hunters. Act attack. Act attack. What's the next one? <laughs> right past it. Got the got, bad he's batch. got an iPad here, listeners. Um, hmm. Well, I don't even talk about any of this. I didn't watch a Bad Bitch episode, and we're at like an hour, so I'll probably call it right here. We do that. All right. Uh, um, well, then we may as well talk about War of the Bounty Hunters, I think. All right, we'll talk about a little bit. There's not much to it. There's okay. one thing in particular I want to get, because okay. I know you'd be interested. All right, but just one, I didn't know if you were going to go in depth. I, I actually haven't even read it yet, and it's also just getting started. But in the oh, okay. in one of the early issues, now it's it's one of the Marvel comics, uh, Star Wars crossover events, right? Oh, that's pretty cool. They've done a couple of these where they all cross over. Now, um, in the past, like last year, they switched over where since 2015, when they rebooted the Marvel comics at Star Wars, right? right. They had been running for those for like, yeah, until last year. So about five years, um, the Star Wars, the main Star Wars run had run unbroken. The Dr. Aphra one had been going for two or three, three or four years of that. Um, the Darth Vader has had like a couple, three or four series at this point. Um, but the Star Wars one in particular was one unbroken line that had, has been releasing monthly since february or whatever of 2015 they it had been running from the the timeline it was taking place in was between episode four and five right they switched over finally to now it's between five and six so mm-hmm. it's obviously like a different dynamic luke's reeling a bit i'm solo's gone yeah like so you know there's obviously there everyone's dealing with the aftermath of uh, Red, uh Red, no <laughs> the empire strikes oh, back geez, and out. so <laughs> that I said and so um in legends this story was uh, dealt with in the multimedia event Shadows of the Empire 
right. which was a, a simultaneously released pachinko machine in Japan. <laughs> I, there probably was a pachinko machine because there was just about everything else. There was a significant toy line, a novel, a uh, video game, a comic adaptation, and actually a soundtrack. A full soundtrack. A was soundtrack? There. Yeah. So they good? say, um, I've never listened to the soundtrack, so I can't say. I've oh, read the book. The only thing I really have any experience with, to be honest, is the book. I've not, and from what I understand, they all tell different um, sort of perspectives on the same story. Same story. Right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's about the time between episode five and six and trying to get Han Solo back. Now, obviously, we know they we don't know how that goes. We don't, we don't get because, it back until they get to yes. Travis Palace. When uh, Shadows of the Empire is released, as well as this current sort of version of it which is war of the bounty hunters we obviously knew the outcome but it was still interesting and they say that just fun factor the shadows of the empire multimedia event there was george lucas testing the waters a little to yeah. see if there was demand for the prequels at that point he he had decided he wanted to get working on them but he wanted to make sure that people would still be interested so he said why was he wrong we'll do a soft well, he was right but they <laughs> well, he like, was right he was right but he was wrong so he did a soft run where he's like all right we won't, we'll do everything that would be tied in to a star wars movie release right Except the movie, right? Because all the prequels got video game adaptations and comic adaptations and, and toy lines and novelizations and toy lines. So he's like, if this is successful, then I we can have a pretty good chance yeah. that the movies will be successful. Right. And so that's just kind of what this is. I won't get into like how Shadows of the Empire goes, but that's the same kind of storyline, which is about how both has got Han Solo and everyone else wants him. That's why it's the War of the Bounty Hunters, right? Yeah. He's got the most valuable bounty in the galaxy yeah. at the time and everybody again, else wants to claim yeah it. this again is in legends this was part of it is that all the other bounty hunters particularly the ones from the fifth movie from empire strikes back yeah that main crew do you Bridge know the sith uh no. there's <laughs> there's lizard man yeah there's okay so that's robot Bosk. mcgee i knew oh, his name was bach i knew that you there's, probably know the robot you can get close boy. it's like i something right well he's in he's, he's similar to the one in the Mandalorian. i don't remember his name so he's IG. So the one in Mandalorian's IG eleven. Yeah. Um, he's IG eighty eight. Oh, I Bandage know Boy. That. Yeah, you're right. Benjamin. That's Dengar. Dengar, and then there's Boba. That's the it's four. Boba Fett. Right? Mm, no, there's two more. You're missing out two. Oh, see, this is a shame, Jack, because this is the heart of my topic here. Who the hell are the other two? <laughs> so the other two, the the oft forgotten, the the least significant, unfortunately, of them. But I think they they deserve. What is it? Cure cancer? What is this? <laughs> What's the matter? No, because they're good. Good on them. Listen. <laughs> I guess good on them. They hunt people for a living. Good so on them, I guess. The two, Is that what the you're two perpetuating? The two off-forgotten members of those six bounty hunters are Zuckus and four LOM. <laughs> his name is fucking Zuckus? <laughs> his name is Zuckus. What is he? He's oh. got big bug eyes, and his friend is four LOM, who is a, a C-3PO-esque protocol droid body with a the bug man head on top. Gross. Yeah, Very he's no gross. good looking. Um, and so in Legends, Boba Fett killed one of, well, he killed IG-88 because IG-88 right. was trying to get it from him. Um, you also fight IG-88 in that Shadows of the Empire video game. It's a whole thing. There's there's multiple IGs because he's just a robot. It's a whole thing. They take over the Death Star. It's not really relevant to this. But in this in this new version, in War of the Bounty Hunters, on the cover, unfortunately, Boba Fett is, is toting around the decapitated head of 4LOM, that's which a, is a bit of a shame. That's a shame. That was really the core of my topic. I thought you'd be distraught as I am. But I'm not. You I hope he kills Zuckus. Almost no reaction. I hope he kills <laughs> oh, no, Zuckus. Oh, come on. I don't, Can't get a so dumb. <laughs> no, His name is fucking Zuckus? Oh, yeah. That's the dumbest shit I've ever is heard. Is that dumber than Bosk or Dengar? Yeah, probably, yeah. Bosk is Is, is Zuckus much, better, much dumber than Bosk? Yeah, because there's no CEO that's called the Bosk. They call Mark Zuckerberg the Zuck. So Zuckus is <laughs> Right. Me of now, Mark 
Zuckus is older. Uh, Zuckus may well be older than Mark Zuckus. Zuckerberg himself. I would say so. When was he born? 2004. <laughs> no, I don't think that's right. But uh, 19, 1974? I think I'm just going on fours at this point. We could spin off into a, a larger discussion about the droid naming conventions of stars if you want. Well, we can't do that right now. We can do that next LOM. episode. Four LOM, listen. I'm going to architect that. Sp- We're going to save that because it's an hour and five minutes. And it's our first episode. And oh. no one will want to listen if it's an hour of us talking about Marvel. You don't think that our one great, listen- wonderful listeners listen wanna, right now. want to listen to me get into the, the finer minutiae of Star Wars droid naming conventions? You know, if we get an email about it, I'll let you do it. Uh, so I think that's going to be it for our first episode of The Architect with Jane Z. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, if you're listening at all. Thanks, Colin. I know you're listening. Or maybe you're not. We appreciate you, buddy. We appreciate you a lot, buddy. Anybody else, thanks for coming along. Tell us what. Tell us you want to talk about. Uh, you can email us at akatechjaz, that's akatechjazz at gmail.com. Email us uh, questions, comments, concerns, uh, jokes, recipes. Try to be too mean. Anecdotes. If you're mean, I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast cry. and maybe you'll but if like you have that. some genuine uh, productive criticism yeah i would like to hear it if you have i'm not very good i've never edited a podcast i'll be straight up front so if you have any editing tips or videos you want to send me that's fine if you say hey fuckhead learn how to edit i mean i'll take with a grand salt because i don't know how to edit we're gonna read it we're, we're gonna, gonna read have, it we're gonna have precious few emails so we're gonna cherish some but i if it's me, I'll be sad. I'll be sad. I'll cry. As, I'll do the credits right now. Uh, this epi- this uh, podcast was created by myself, uh, Jack. I won't tell my last name because that's weird. And uh, my good friend, Zach. Mm. We are Jane Z, of course. Yeah, I've been Zach. Uh, this episode was produced by us, created by us, Is that- written by us. We're executive producers. We did craft services. They- we can just say we're the only two people involved. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know to do this later. I'm going to delete this, and no one's ever going to hear this. I'm going to do it later. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Uh, Have a good night.